Welcome back to Following No It On, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 66, and we are going through chapters 38 through 40 of Oathbringer. Cut straight to the chase. Paul, how are you? Outstanding. Good. Elliot? I've been looking forward to this recording for quite a while now. There is so much stuff here to to dissect and talk about with you guys so i am i'm pumped i'm pumped we do have quite a bit in this week's episode we've got uh a vision that we've actually haven't have we seen this before i don't believe we've seen this before dalinar has but i don't think we have and i was confused by that i don't think we have i don't, I don't think, think we have i don't think we've seen this vision before uh, dalinar obviously has but we have not and we get a history lesson along with it. And then pushing forward towards the end of the episode, we get some more explanations from Shalon's point of view. So we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, but before I get ahead of myself, Paul, what are your two words to summarize the episode? My two words for this episode is painful history. Ooh, good. Painful history. Elliot. I almost picked pain, but I, I went with something a little simpler. I just went for simply data dump <laughs> data dump wonderful let's use these four words and talk about Oathbringer All right, we'll get to our data dump here in a second, but painful history, Paul. Talk to me about painful history. Sure will. So so my behind-the-scenes look into these two words is I first wrote down history as one of my two words, and then I was like, hmm, painful as well. Then I was like, okay, I could just switch this around and do a fun little painful history, you know. Um, but I chose history just because we get a very deep look through a vision at... Um, basically what's happening or a big part of what we see in like the prelude to the Stormlight Archive, right? Correct. Like there's a lot of like the monumental foundational premise to everything that's happening, um, which is crazy, crazy history right there, but also very painful, which, which is where my other word comes in. Um, there's a lot of literal pain sharing between our heralds and, and just a lot of like crazy stuff that's happening in a lot of like ye like thousands of years in thousands of years out of like struggle for our our herald friends and it's just a mess so that was why i chose painful elliot for very similar reasons i just simply went with data dump because i felt like we learned so much in these three chapters not just about the history and all the heralds and everything you're talking about, Paul. We also learn about the Sons of Honor and the Skybreakers and a few more hints at some other stuff. I, I feel like I'm starting to get enough information at this point where I can start to piece things together. There's so many unanswered questions still out there, but this put pulled a lot of loose ends together for me. It was a massive dump of data yeah do you i don't have it in front of me i should have prepared this but do you guys remember in one of our uh 
oh shoot, what are they called? The little things before the the chapter, the, ep- the or epilogues or whatever. Epigraphs. Epigraphs. Okay. Yes. Do you guys remember a Wave King's epigraph where it was talking about the one being betrayed by the nine, and that's all it really talks about, and the one holding their oaths and the nine abandoning theirs. We get kind of we get two explanations for that for that epigraph it could be translated as talonel being abandoned um or it could also be translated as nail holding the trying to hold the skybreakers together and his twisted way of holding his knight's radiant order together um and then not abandoning their oaths so there's there's two interpretations for that epigraph i should have referenced it but if you guys remember it, then that's fine. All right, where do you guys want to start for for chapter thirty-eight? I Beginning, I guess. Dive right in, <laughs> yeah, and dive right into the meat and potatoes of um, <laughs> fr chapter thirty-eight. Actually, here. actually, I have a place that will actually start us off quite well. So I want to read a quote for you guys, okay? Because we, we learn a lot of, of information here, and we could try and sum it up really quickly, or we could just let Kaladin sum it up for us, because at the start of chapter 39, Kaladin actually summarizes this rather well. So I'll just read it. So, Kaladin said, According to the Stormfather, not only is the Almighty dead, but he condemned ten people to an eternity of torture. We call them heralds. And they're not only traitors to their oaths, they're probably also mad. We had one of them in our custody, likely the maddest of the lot, but we lost him in the turmoil of getting everyone to Eurythiru. In short, everyone who might have been able to help us is crazy, dead, a traitor, or some combination of the three. Figures. That's that's about how I was feeling coming out of chapter 30. I was like, okay, we've sure heck of a learned a lot, and not a whole lot of it is all that great for our heroes. <laughs> in the predicament that they're in it's true there's quite a bit to to digest here there's we get a final definition of what our heralds are who our heralds are what their oath pact was the rules behind it the what the broken rules behind it and um we get more definitions of honor and odium and void bringers being uh reborn and stuff like that so uh maybe not a maybe not a huge revelation for this episode but i'll start us here uh we get to beat a stone ward in this uh in this vision and he starts carving away rock with his with his powers he's creating some handholds to get down to the the guys that Dalinar is fighting with, and he kind of just like force pushes away rock and carves like handholds for himself. As um, what were, what are you guys' thoughts on stone wards? Are you do you think they're they're cool or are they boring? Well, I was really excited to see a stone ward. I get really excited every time that we see a new order of night radiant or new power or something in action. Um, so I thought this was really exciting. Um, I don't know who would really think it's that boring. I mean, it's like, okay, haha, he's only, he's just making handholds. Like, that's maybe not the most glorious use of a talent, you know? Uh, but it's it's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I thought that was really neat to see. Two thought it was actually really cool. Just the way stone wards can apparently like shape, you know, stone however they want it to be, which actually made me think about a lot of other passages again. There have been some passages, and I can't remember anything specifically. They just have very, you know, descriptive sections about the rock and like the rock flowed like as if it were water and you you move on like okay that's cool well now hang on a second now we have a reason why rock might be shaped you know a very specific way it could bend a stone ward so i thought this was i thought this was super cool and i agree with you paul any any tidbit of information we can get about the other orders like i'm i'm lapping it up i'm honestly just thinking of things now because so the only semblance of a stonewood we've seen before right was talonelli lynn right he's the herald of the stonewards is that right i believe so yes is that a spoiler no we've we've seen it like we knew that okay okay. we definitely knew that i was just trying to remember i didn't it was either that or like bond smith or something but i didn't remember exactly Anyways, uh, he's our stone lord, and I'm just thinking of small things. This this has no impact on our story, but whenever we first see him, isn't he, like, dragging his sword? And it's, like, leaving a rut in the, like, stone yep. ground. And, like, it was like, oh, haha, it's a shard blade. It's going to cut through the stone. But I'm wondering if probably any of them would have done that. But I was like, oh, maybe that's because he was a stone lord, and it's just... His powers, like, we're kind of emitting through the sword, whatever, but... Ah, okay, so... This is not important, though. This is an interesting little little segue here, because... Is that his honor blade? We get a very specific question asked by Dalinar of... Well, wait a minute, we have Talonel, and we have his shard blade, but it's not an honor blade. So... Where is Talonel's honor blade, and was the swap after he passed out in Kolinar? Before he passed out in Kolinar? Did he swap it? Did Hoyd swap it? Did somebody else swap it? Like, where is Talonel's honor blade? Because the blade that Dalinar has from Talenalot is not his honor blade, and they know that because it's a normal shard blade that you can bond. The the Stormfather even like says exactly that that oh that this the blade was switched or something like that but yeah I have the exact same question where is it and who took it and yes Hoyd is probably the number one suspect on the list because we know that he was mysteriously right there waiting when Talonel showed up so if Hoyd doesn't have it he very well easily could know who does but I mean also. Amaram and the other folks that were all interested in Talonel and trying to get like information out of him, they might also have it somehow. I'm not sure. So, do you guys remember how the shard blade like coup went on with Amaram back in Words of Radiance? Do you guys remember the the details there? That's what I was. That's what I was trying to remember because wasn't. It was kind of Amaram's goal to, like, I don't know if it was to take Talonel out of Dalinar's custody, or if it was to get his shard blade, or what wasn't that, like, his motive, and he was trying to sneak him out of there, and he had his 
his men go pick him up or try and sneak him out or something like that and was stopped. So I'll, I'll but... recap what happened in Words of Radiance for you. Talonel shows up at the Shattered, or shows up at Kolinar first with a shard blade. We're not sure if it was his honor blade or a, sh- a sh- normal shard blade at that point. He gets carted to um, the Shattered Plains. At that point, it is a normal shard blade. Dalinar fakes an illness for a week, bonds the shard blade to himself, and then gives it back to Talonel, asks Amaram to go question him, ask him about the shard blade, stuff like that, and Amaram comes back and says, oh, he doesn't have a shard blade, because Amaram went and stashed it. Uh, like, he went to, like, hide the the honor blade, or, sorry, the, the shard blade that Talonel had, but Dalinar had already bonded it, so he just summons it from the hiding place and confronts Amram with it. Mm-hmm. On, That's right. On the same page here? Yes. Okay. That was such a good Dalinar moment. Wow. Yes. So, so. It's, not, it's not an honor blade. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And we don't know where his honor blade is. And we also don't know where he is as well, which... I was actually wondering that ahead of this chapter also. I was like, well, hang on a second. What happened to our Herald guy that we have? Well, it turns out they lost him. Like, come on, guys. Well, Even if he was a bit crazy, like, do you, remember, you lost him. Do you remember at the end of Words of Radiance? Amram evacuates him. Mm. Uh, what's the Ghostblood lady who has the blow darts and the mask? Remember? I don't remember I don't remember her name. Yeah, I, don't I don't remember, remember her, name. her name either. Yatil, maybe? Um could be. And she tries to assassinate Talonel before leaving the war camps and Amram gets him out successfully. So Amram has uh Talonel somewhere. Gotcha. That can't be good. That's what I was gonna say. My guess is that Amram is just tied up with that somehow. Um, so my my guess there is that Amram hasn't... He's always been kind of one of our oh yes, he's a bad guy characters. But other than the Talonel incident that you just recapped, Trevor, we haven't seen anything super super devious or crazy from him. Um, so I'm wondering if somehow he gets a hold of this honor blade that Talonel had. And then that's kind of how he comes back at some point as like a more major villainous figure because now he has stone ward powers and, and things like that. Um, That would be pretty crazy. I'll I'll go down this. Be pretty fitting. I would, I would like to see that honestly. I'll go down this little rabbit hole thread of, uh, honor blades a little bit further real quick at the very end of the vision when the almighty shows up and gives his little speech that he always does do you guys remember what person he like takes over as if you will there's a person who like they they end up in the circle like in this little alcove where all the honor blades are and somebody comes running into the alcove and they're all standing there do you remember who comes running in and then Honor says his little speech, and then the vision ends. 
don't remember. I don't remember it being important. It's it doesn't but seem very someone... important until you think about it real quick. Doesn't someone run up and it's just like I'm a messenger from All, the only thing it says is he's Shin. Do you remember this? So he no. walks in and he and Talon is like, "Oh, that guy's Shin. This is 4,500 years ago and I can still tell that he's Shin." Where's Zeth from? Shinovar. Shinovar. Yeah. So Zeth is our only Shin that we know of right now, and he has an honor blade, and he has been, you know, named Truthless by the Shin. I think we know that, um, or whatever. Yeah. And he was given the Windrunner honor blade by someone, and at this point, the last thing, the last trace we have is a Shin walking into all the shard blades. And that's where that's who honor um, gives us a little speech in. So, any there, there's also to tie into that something is popping into my brain. There was a offhand mentioned in like one of the Teravangian chapters somewhere about like the Shin having multiple honor blades. Like there's just an offhand like, oh, it was one of the Shin blades or something like that. Just kind of implying that they have others so hmm i guess the implications here being that perhaps this random person from shinovar grabbed all these blades and ran off with them <laughs> paul you put your head in your hands what's up i was really excited to come talk about this chapter because i was like finally <laughs> we know everything we know everything and now i just don't know anything and it's a bit, it's a dash overwhelming in a good way. Um, so I don't remember, whenever I was reading this, I don't remember a Shin person, a Shin person. Um, and in my head, I, once again, I'm like, oh, it's, it, it's probably not that important. It's just a tiny little detail, but like, maybe it's just someone from Shinovar, you know, like, but. But that would add up, because I guess we never really talked about that before, have we? Like, how did Zeth get his honor blade? I mean, that was one of your really early questions, but yeah. we haven't really revisited it since. True. But he's since lost it, and I've just never thought about it since then, I guess. He just always has people... He He's really great at getting sponsors, I guess. People just come up to him and they're like, here, take this, and now he has Nightblood, you know? Like... And we haven't seen him since. True. We're on chapter 40, and we haven't seen Zethi yet. That's true. I'm very excited for that. I, my other side note is, I've heard that the last book of the series is supposed to be Zeth's books, and oh my goodness, I cannot wait for that. Can't wait at all, but anyways, we have a lot to cover here first. Um, yeah, I uh, there's a lot to unpack here and a whole lot of like crazy theories that could go just from this one chapter alone. Um and I guess I just hadn't thought about it enough because I was like, okay, nice. Now we know about this time, like what actually was happening, what it entails and things like that. And then of course, coming here to talk to y'all, you know, stirring up all this trouble and ideas and now I just don't know what to think anymore. Trevor, can I ask you a couple questions just to make sure that I, I'm understanding all this correctly? Yeah, go ahead. 
so if if I've learned my history correctly here from the Stormfather history, we have yes, we have <laughs> honor and cultivation who are sealing away odium. Yeah, I was I was gonna recap the recap the oath pact here in a second, so I'm glad you're asking this question. Okay, so you can fill in whatever I miss here. Yeah, honor is now dead. So the assumption I guess we can kind of jump to is that that event has now freed Odium, and now he can go and enter the world and cause trouble. The heralds are sealing away the Voidbringers, and that's where we get into the whole Oath Pact thing where they all go into damnation, they're holding them back, but at some point they always break under the the torture and when they do break that's when a desolation happens the wave of void bringers hits the world wrecks everything until they eventually defeat them go back to damnation and start holding them away again correct right correct okay and then the most recent version of all of this is that the nine heralds left Palinel on his own to hold back the Voidbringers all on his own because he had never broken before, right? Correct. Everybody else had, and he was the only one that hadn't at that point. So then we kind of jumped to the conclusion from that that we assume that the 4,500 years since that event, Talonel has been holding out that whole time on by, his own. By himself, correct. Gotcha. Which is way longer than, like, the desolations before that they talk about as, as little as a year in between desolations prior to that. Right. So, okay. so then Talonel has finally broken. He's finally he here. He's back. And a desolation is coming for the first time in 4,500 years. Correct. And okay. if you remember at the end of the way of Kings, that epilogue that with, um, is at the, Gates of Colinar, Talonel shows up and he says, the desolation's here, I failed, I'm sorry. And then he collapses. So that's that point of the Voidbringers are back. Um, the Parshmen on the uh, Shattered Plains are about to summon their Everstorm. In fact, that could be at the same time, well, no, it couldn't actually. It, it would have to be a little bit later. But um <laughs> So they summon their Everstorm. It gives a catalyst for the Void Sprint to, to come back and so that Parchment can bond with their um, Void Spread and become Void Bringers as we know them. But note there, real quick, there's been a couple mentions about how the Everstorm is new. Correct. It is, it is not, it did not come with previous desolations, right? Correct. So something's different with this one. Okay. Okay. I'm tracking. I just want to give Talonel a hug, you know. He really, I was about to say I was <laughs> just about guy. to say poor Talonel. Yeah. Come on. Like, okay, so the last desolation, right? And he's like, Man, my my Herald buddies, they're they're really struggling. It's they only last, you know, couple like they've only lasted a couple months this last time, but I believe in them. They'll they'll stick it out with me. And then, you know, a couple hours goes by, he's in damnation, nobody shows up, 
nobody shows up. He's alone. He's like, okay. (laughs) And then he lasts for four and a half thousand years. Like, time could be totally different there, you know, whatever. But still, you're like, man, what what a guy to to hold that long. I'm remembering a year and a half ago, 65 episodes ago, back to our very first episode. I remember saying, I remember thinking, I have no idea what's going on in this prelude, but whoever this one guy is that they left, he's going to be pretty pissed at the other nine that yeah. left him. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I think I was kind of right. Obviously, he's 4,500 years of torture. He's going to be pretty mad, but it doesn't seem like he's so necessarily mad as he is just broken. Right. He's just like crushed to nothing left is like what it seems. Like, like he said, you just you just want to give the guy a hug and a nice cup of tea and a blanket and be like, dude, mm-hmm. you, you earned it. Yeah, chill out for a little. Take it easy. Yeah. 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 That gives so much more context. I honestly want to go back and read the interactions we've had with him now. Because before I was honestly confused because like, oh my gosh, we're meeting a herald. Like we're going to find out all these crazy cool things and he's going to be so wise and just all this stuff. Um, and then that wasn't the case. And I was kind of confused and I was like, this guy's just weird. You know, like, let's get a different herald on on the scene here. Um, but like knowing this, like very important context, I'm actually curious to, to go back and like really see like what he was saying and think of thinking about it from this perspective now. We've gotten a, a cheap draw when it comes to our heralds that we've met. We've met Talonel, who can't even hold a sentence together. Poor guy. We've met mm-hmm. Nail, who's completely gone off the rails and says, you know, I'm going to kill all the budding knights radiant so the void ringers don't come back. Um, have we met anybody else? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Besides Yazera's or uh, Yazera and Kelek in the the prelude, but mm-hmm. right. We've seen their names come up a lot, but we've never encountered them. Right. That we know. That we know. True. Yes. All right. Mm. Any questions on the Oath Pact before we push into, like, Dalinar and Yasna interactions in this vision? So this is actually probably the best moment for a new theory, a new prediction. Okay. And, And this is a big one. This, this is a big one. My favorite. So we've got our oath pact, right? So we've got these 10 people, heralds, who made an oath to hold back the Voidbringers, save the world. They're the only thing standing between the destruction of humanity as we know it, right? They're falling apart, clearly. They're all insane, broken, in trouble. I think, I think, Trevor, remind me, 10 book series total? 10, ten book series, yes. Five, split in half, like a, an era one? Correct. Five books? Okay. At the end of book five, the very end, the climax of book five, I think that our characters are going to form a new oath pact. I think it's going to be something 
different than what our heralds have done, but I think it'll be something similar where there is one member of each of the orders and it could be our heroes or it might not be. It could be, you know, Kaladin for the Windrunners, Shallan for the Light Weavers, et cetera, et cetera. I think they will all step up and renew the Oath Pact, create a new one, which will seal away Odium again, and they will have to do some version of what the Heralds have done for the last thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That's the theory. I can safely say that nobody in our audience can confirm or deny, unless you're Brandon Sanderson, um, that about this this theory here. So, I'm, and I'm I will excited. say, I'm excited that I know enough now to even make a prediction like this that I that is in the future. And we haven't even read book four yet. We still have half of book three, more than half, and all of book four. So obviously, this may completely get you know blown out of the water in the next. 2000 pages that are I still have yet to read before I get to up to current times but but I that sounds to me like a fitting like climax of the first era so that that is going on my whiteboard that is my big prediction where of where all of this is going so then would era 2 be like oath pact is broken and our heroes are like cameos like the heralds are so Probably. I actually have a thought on this. Yeah. Go. My my thought is I don't know 100% on how well this would be for like a second era of this series. But my thought was almost the inverse of that or the the reverse of that of like our second era is with like Kalek and Yezrian and kind of like their story originally. Okay. Um and maybe sealing that away for the first time, like this is the like like as a prequel, because if that is the case where it's like okay, they reseal the oath gate or, or there's some kind of new oath or anything like that, I don't know with a second series how. I don't know. I don't know where it would go because it would seem like okay, that's the new problem. Like that's just the solution to the problem, unless you find something completely different, which we have no concept of right now. Um, and that would be my guess is is if this were to play out the way I'm theorizing, mm-hmm. I would think that okay, that this current dilemma is solved, like done, and then these characters were living with now become now the names of legend in the second era who are dealing with completely different 100% unrelated or at least not you know com- directly related events mm-hmm. and dilemmas and things like that but who it's, knows it could go a completely different direction than that i don't yeah. know if this backs up your theory or which one but i've got one to back up elliot's theory and one to back up paul's theory mistborn era 2 is what you're talking about elliot where the mm-hmm. heroes of Mistborn Era 1 are the, the heroes of legend. We're 300 years in the future that, you know, they're basically myth that nobody really believes in the powers that they had. Um, Paul, Brandon Sanderson has confirmed that in the back five, Yasna gets a point of view book and Talonel gets a point of view book. So I don't know where you want to go with that in your head, but... It's a mixed crowd there, because we also know that Hoyd is having a point of view book too, right? So Hoyd, Hoyd gets Dragonsteel, which is a 
standalone. It's like Warbreaker. It's a standalone okay. novel in the Cosmere. It's between Stormlight Five and Stormlight Six. The release is, but it's not directly Stormlight related. Okay. Okay. That make that makes more sense. I was trying to figure out how that would play into that if it was like book six is a hoid book like i, I don't know 100 on how that would how that would work i guess mm-hmm. um no i i definitely could see that happening um it honestly makes me way more curious to read mistborn and, and finish finish era one and then move to era two and kind of see that and how this could be like a grander scale of that um because I don't know how that plays out. I, I knew that was kind of the premise, was the the heroes in book one are like the the legends of old in in era two, um, which very much could be that way for this. But that's some pretty grand scheme stuff where I didn't think we would be talking about. But that's really cool. I I actually really like your theory, Elliot. I feel like I was trying to bash it, but like respectfully to like <laughs> to actually test it because it's a really cool theory, and I would like. Love to see that happen, and what a great pinnacle that would be to uh, to like see that happen, kind of at the actual like climax of this whole series. So we'll find out three yeah, years better, from now. Better eventually. read and find out. Yeah, where's my read and find out coaster? It's back there somewhere. Well, all right, Elliot. Kind of taking a step back from our lore, Yasta and Dalinar, or Dalinar bring, I'll set the scene and then you can read this quote that I think you want to read. Dalinar pulls Yasna and Navani into this vision. Um, idea of the Stormfather, actually. Dalinar just had an offhand comment a couple chapters ago of like, man, if only Yasna could see this, or if only Navani could see this. And the Stormfather's like, well, you want me to bring them in here? And so here we are. Uh, Yasna and Navani have been brought in here, and Yasna and Navani instantly like look like spin their heads around and then just bolt. Like they just want to go take notes of everything and anything they can see. And uh, Dalinar and Yasna have an interesting conversation, and then Navani comes back after she's done picking part of Fabriel, which we'll talk here in a second. But uh, go ahead with your quote if you're ready for it. Yeah, I did want to read this section because I thought it was really good. This was maybe the first, maybe the first moment in Oathbringer so far where it was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a quotable like section there where I can come back to that and get a get a good bit of wisdom out of that." So I'll go ahead and read it. And yeah, it's Yasna and and Dalinar talking. This is Yasna. They will try to define you by something you are not. Don't let them. I can be a scholar, a woman, a historian, a radiant. People will still try to classify me by the thing that makes me an outsider. They want, ironically, the thing I don't do or believe to be the prime marker of my identity. I've always rejected that and will continue to do so. You are not a heretic, Dalinar Cohen. You are a king, a radiant, and a father. You are a man with complicated beliefs who does not accept everything you are told. You decide how you are defined. Don't surrender that to them. They will gleefully take the chance to define you if you allow it. I just thought that was really powerful and, and cool that Yasna and Dalinar, who are both dealing with similar things of so many people doubting them and so many people defining them by what they don't like in them. And Yasna is basically just saying, 
don't let them get you down. Do, do your thing. Be who you want to be. Define yourself. Don't let them define you. And that's a harder thing to put into practice than it is to say, but still really cool. I love that moment. Yasna's had a, like her entire adult life, she has renounced foreignism and kind of been, you know, that crazy cousin that you don't talk about, that type of type of part of the Colon family. So she's she's walked this line and Dalinar, who's certainly older than Yasna, but Yasna's like, hey, I I know exactly what you're going through. Here's here's my advice for you. So All right, there's a couple unanswered questions that are literally spelled out in an unanswered question in this uh, in this chapter. You don't have to do any reading between the lines to get to this unanswered question, because Dalinar literally asks it, and the Stormfather says, No, smiley face. Uh, <laughs> Dalinar, actually Navani, I think is the one who brings it up, is of, is this what caused the recreants? Like, you know, is all of this with the um, the heralds being abandoning their oaths and leaving Talonel in damnation? Is that what sparked the recreants when they found that out? And the Stormfather says, no, there is something else that I'm not going to tell you because you're going to abandon your oaths. So did you guys pick this up? Any Any theories? I'll say that this scares me because we know how committed Dalinar is to this cause. He's very committed. He's sacrificing everything, his reputation, his his relationships, to try and save the world, to try and build rebuild the Knights Radiant to stop a desolation. And we come across this, we, we still have this kind of elephant in the room of, well, the Knights Radiant were not great at one point, or they, they fell apart, they renounced their oaths, they walked away. What happened? Why did they do that? We still don't know. The Stormfather does know, and he won't tell us because he says, if I do, you'll walk away. Well, if it's a reason worth walking away, should Dalinar walk away? Like, is there something bad behind what's going on here is honor not who we think he was are the spren not who we think they are like what's the secret that's so dark that caused apparently nine out of ten orders to walk away from their oaths and maybe they were right to do so if the storm father is just saying oh i'm not gonna tell you because you'll walk away like well hang on a second like that's that's more reason to tell us what the what the whole deal is like. Oh man, what could this be? And when Dalinar is trying to get it out of the Stormfather, he's like, "No, I won't walk away. I promise." And the Stormfather turns to him and is like, "Will you? Are you sure about that? Because they were pretty committed too. And would you swear on an unknown that you wouldn't like? What if what I tell you is so groundbreaking that?" It completely flips on on your on the head, and you can't stick to your oath. So there's something that made the old knights radiant completely abandon their spread, completely abandon their oaths. So 
It, so it, this as a story element at the moment kind of intimidates me, kind of scares me. Like, because it's it's so daunting to have this, oh, if only you knew, like this large element um, that Dalinar can't know, which I'm going to assume at some point we will find out. I'm just going to make that as a little prediction give there. Me a, give me a timestamp. When, when are we finding out? End of this book. By the end of this book. Okay. Um, is my guess. Um, since this is Dalinar's book, that's that's kind of what I'm basing that off of, as kind of his little big, big thing. Anyways, so I feel like that's setting up for this to really have to be some huge information drop that is shattering, like earth-shattering. Um and I will say I have I have faith in Brandon Sanderson to deliver, but I'm I am nervous still. Like that's just a very like that's a very ambitious thing to set up. Um that at the moment I can't even think of what that would be. Like I can't think of anything that would be that crazy that would like really shift things around now because as crazy as it's been, I feel like we're starting to kind of formulate this picture now. We've been having all these puzzle pieces, and we know it's the same puzzle, but it hasn't gone together yet, and we're steadily getting more pieces. And I, I, I just don't know how it could live up, or, like, that it's kind of dangling this in front of us. I'm, I'm wary, that is all. I, I completely agree, and our only clue, our only string we have to pull on right now are the Skybreakers, because we know, or we've just learned... Or we learn in a couple chapters here, chapter 30, 39? No. 39 and 40. Yeah. That the Skybreakers did not abandon their oaths. They stuck to it. So now it's like, were the Skybreakers the source of this problem? Did the Skybreakers do something that everyone else was like, ooh, that's terrible. We're walking away and you're... But the Skybreakers are like, oh, yeah, we, we were justified in doing that, so we're going to stay. But that scenario doesn't sound to me like something that as soon as the Stormfather told Dalinar about it, Dalinar would be like, nope, I'm out, I'm walking away. So if it's truly bigger than that, why did the Skybreakers not walk away and everyone else did? Like, that's that's our clue. I think we have to chase down more Skybreaker information maybe to figure this out. I have uh, two Skybreaker emblems in shot right now, one right there and one right there. There, there it is, yeah. yeah, I'm also getting even more terrified than I was before because right. I have tested as a skybreaker myself. Yep. And I've mentioned before that I'm incredibly nervous what I've just uh, been inducted into, apparently. And this is not allaying any of those fears at all. I took the I took the, the, the short tangent. I took the nice radiant test before between me reading words of radiance and Oathbringer, uh, and I think you guys took it between Wave Kings and words of radiance, right? I don't remember when I had you guys take it, but I think so. yes, yes, yeah. Uh, and when I took the the nice radiant quiz and got Skybreaker, I was like, ah, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, the bad guys got it. So, I still think the Dustbringers are the bad guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid at this point, but that was my initial thought. <laughs> <laughs>